Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Judgment Call Podcast. As always, this is Miles Wilson. Hope you're having a great day, night, afternoon, whatever it is for you when you're finally getting around listening to this. But today, we have another round of breakdowns. This time it is for the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, I wanted to wait till after game one to start my breakdowns for this series. And it's mainly because both the Rockets and the Nuggets were coming off seven-game series with little rest. And LeBron also said game one would be a feel-out game for the Lakers. So I thought it would be best if I waited a couple of days and decided to break down from game two on. I do believe that we were gifted with two series that have the potential to go seven games. So let's go ahead and get right into it. First, we have the number two seed Clippers versus the seven seed Nuggets. And if, in my opinion, if there were a series of the two that I say may not go the distance, it's this one. And it's for multiple reasons. Uh, one, if you're going to beat this Clippers team, you have to play defense. Uh, who's going to guard Kawhi? And who's going to guard Paul George? If Paul George is not going to be on the same stuff he was on earlier in last series, he will be a factor in this series. And at this point, you only have one guy that's big enough, mobile enough, and has the required link to guard either, or at least stay in front of, either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. And that's Jeremy Grant. He's their best wing defender. He's their longest wing defender. And at the end of the day, he's only one guy. The backcourt is too small. The front court is too slow. Uh, this team, this Clippers team has two of the best wings in the NBA when they're on their A game. And it's going to be hard for them to slow either of them down because you can't switch. You kind of have to pick and choose your battles. You can't have guys like Michael Porter Jr. out there because he's not a great defender, and if his scoring isn't clicking the way you'd want, it's not going to help you. And that leads me to my next point. If you're not going to play defense, you have to play incredible offense. Michael Porter Jr. cooling down is probably going to be one of the worst things that could happen to this team in this series because the Clippers can score. The Clippers have no problem scoring the ball, but scoring outputs like Murray had in the first series are hard to replicate. Jokic is shooting great from deep, and he's honestly getting getting to his spots and making the most out of it. He's been pretty efficient so far in the playoffs. But can the Nuggets rely on him to carry the bulk like Murray did? I don't know. That's asking a lot. They have two totally different games. I don't think the way Jokic plays is built for him to take over a series and score 50. Like, that is a lot to ask for. And then on top of that, this Clipper team is extremely experienced, and they are very consistent. The Clippers will blow you out of the water if you can't slow them down. They have not scored under 10 points since, well, the starters, period, have not scored under 110 points since the very first game in the bubble. They've only scored under 110 twice. The first time was against the Lakers, and there was that one-point game where it was 103 to 102. And then they also played a game versus the Thunder where all the starters set, and they scored under 110 points. And it's like outside of... Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they have a rotation of seven guys that can give you double digits. And that's not even mentioning the fact that Lou Will might go off for 20 or 30 a game and Montrezl might give you a 2010 game somewhere in the series. Uh, these are all threats that I know the Clippers can use effectively, but I'm not sure if the Nuggets have the requisite talent right now and the requisite experience to be able to answer back. Because you can't rely on Jamal Murray to drop 50 a game. The Clippers aren't going to let that happen. You can't rely on 
Nikola Jokic to do the same thing because the Clippers are going to adjust. They're not going to let them get those easy looks. They're going to do more than the Jazz did defensively because they have more at stake. They're a team that's expected to go to the finals. So they're going to be doing as much as they can to not let one guy beat them. So can these other role players step up? Can guys like Torrey Craig, uh, Jeremy Grant, and Michael Porter Jr., can they at least give you double digits off the bench? That way the scoring doesn't have to be so heavily relied on Jokic or Murray. I'm not known. I don't know. I have no clue. But I do think Denver has enough to take a game or two. I do believe that they could muster up one of those scoring outputs for a game or two. But I'll believe that last series took a lot out of this team. Like whether they want to admit it or not, it is hard to go seven games and score at the level of consistency of which they did down the stretch of a seven-game series. And then on top of that, ask those same guys, hey, we might need you to do it again for another seven-game series potentially. And I find that hard to believe that that can happen again. So I am going to be taking the Los Angeles Clippers in five games. But if it does go to, to a six-game series, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Next series, we have the number one-seeded Lakers versus the four-seeded Rockets. And if game one is any indication of how the Rockets are going to be playing this series, I fully expect this to be a seven-game series. And for the Lakers, I mean, I understand that LeBron said this will be a feel-out game for him and the Lakers. So essentially, they just gave away game one. Uh, That's an interesting strategy, in my opinion, but let's say they did. Let's say that they just wanted to see how the Rockets would come out and play. They did flash a couple of looks at Harden every now and then. Uh, Defensively, they showed the double team every now and then. They showed a little bit of zone. They were showing just regular man-to-man switch on everything. So I understand maybe, hey, they were trying to figure out what will and what won't work against this Rocket team. But the Rockets came out and played a really great game. And now this Rockets offense may have a bit of confidence. And coming off of a closeout game where Westbrook and Harden didn't play particularly well in the game seven, even though they pulled it off and they gave up 30 to Lou Dort in a game one, they come out in a game one and they beat the one seed Lakers by 15 points. Uh, This might be exactly the kind of confidence boost that this team needs. Harding played great. He didn't settle for those step back threes. He got to the rim and got to the line and made it L.A. pay. And that's exactly what Harden has to do. Harden is at his best when he's attacking the rim, getting to the line. And then once he gets into the groove to the groove of the game, then he shoots those ISO threes. That is where Harden is best. And it's great to see him attack early and do that. The same thing for Westbrook. Westbrook attacked very early, got good looks at the rim. And you got 24, 6 and 9 because of it. Uh, he got double digits from you got double digits from Austin Rivers and Eric Gordon. That'll build their confidence as the series go, series goes on. And the last thing the Lakers want are for two guys that have reputations for not being able to get it done in the postseason to get hot for a series and force this series to a game seven. And it's not going to be chalk. That's the last thing that you want. And I fully expect Los Angeles to come out next game and play much harder and be more competitive and take the game much more serious. But this is not chalk that they'll take game two and that they'll win this series. Uh, For the Lakers, they have to figure out better rotations. They have some real concerns there. Um, I don't know if Anthony Davis truly won't run the five and Vogel's hands are tied there. But if he's not just trying it, like just because Anthony Davis said a couple of times that he doesn't want to run the five, Vogel just isn't trying it specifically off that quote. 
Um, it's going to be hard for the Lakers to win this series if JaVale and Dwight Howard are both taking up 20 minutes of game time. It's not going to be easy. This is not a series for big men that are not as mobile as Anthony Davis. It's just JaVale, there should be no plays where JaVale McGee is posting up James Harden. I think Harden got two steals off them trying to feed JaVale in the post to post him up and I guess shoot a post hook or something. It's just that's not something you should see when Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both on the court. JaVale should not be getting fed for post buckets. That's just not something that should happen. AD should get down on that block and whoever's guarding him, whether that be P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, Robert Covington, James Harden, whoever happens to be on him for that play, get AD down on that block and force him to eat. Do not let AD tell you that he doesn't want to run the five. Um, earlier today, a quote came out from Chris Haynes. If you don't know, he's a reporter for the NBA at ESPN. And it said that AD does not want to run the five, but he is willing to against the Rockets. That's all I need. I don't care if you're not going to be happy running the five, Anthony Davis. You're too big and too good to let 6'7 PJ Tucker act like he's a, he's a good enough defender to stop you. He guarded him 26 times in game one, and Anthony Davis didn't score a point. And that's actually huge because Anthony Davis was 10 of 16. He shot fantastic. He didn't have a bad game at all. So the fact that they're not putting AD on the block and saying, hey, go to work on P.J. Tucker. If you have 50, you have 50. We'll just get out the way. That's that's a shame. Like There should be some kind of lineup that you can put out there. It is not my job to figure it out. It's Frank Vogel's job to figure it out where AD's at the five and you could possibly run Braun at the one or Braun at the three and bring in Rondo so he can run the offense so LeBron isn't tired. It's, you have to figure it out. Like, even if you run a lineup where you're weaker defensively and Braun is running the one and you're trying to put different guys on Harden and Westbrook so LeBron doesn't have to use up his energy on the defensive end and can conserve it for the offensive end, figure it out. Run, run a lineup where you got... Danny Green running the three and KCP at the two. That way you can put both of them on hard and the rest and still have LeBron run the one and then run Morris at the four or something like that. You have to figure it out. Offensively and defensively, you have to figure it out. That's what you get paid to do. There are plenty of pieces in L.A. Vogel has to make it work because the Rockets are doing their thing. They're trying their hardest. Harden was super active defensively. He really used game one to set the tone on both ends. He led a 14-0 run in the fourth quarter. And after the game, he talked super highly about him and his teammates' momentum. And that staying confident is super important. So what it sounds like to me is that he's using this new series to build better habit, build better habits early. So that way, when they, if they do ever get into a position where they're going to be down in a game seven and they're going to need some clutch buckets, he doesn't have to think twice about choking because he already has it built into his DNA that I'm going to go into this game, I'm going to take over, and I'm going to try and lead my team. And in my opinion, the best way to break old habits and bad habits is not to build them. So he's using this series as a fresh start, and that's great. Hopefully, that means that the entire team is coming in with this mindset and that we'll get the best of James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and this Rockets team. That is what you want. You want a team that is going to push L.A. to be better. Because if L.A. wants to win, they're going to have to be better. And throughout a seven-game series, I think L.A. will put it together. And LeBron is not – even if Vogel doesn't figure it out, LeBron is not going to go out like that. I know Anthony Davis is not going to go out like that. They have two superstars on their team that are not going to let this team fall behind. That's why I do expect Los Angeles to come back and correct any mistakes that they may have made in game one. 
And it's not like their stars had bad games either. Anthony Davis shot 63% in the loss. And Brian gave you 27 and 8 and went four for five from the line. I think that's the biggest storyline out of this game besides Harden playing well. It's LeBron made his free throws. LeBron was four for five in the line. He even started the game five for six from the field. And then he started to defer the ball a bit more in the second half to see if his teammate shots were falling. And they weren't. So I think it would have served him better to keep attacking. And either the Lakers are going to start shooting better or LeBron will realize that the Lakers shots aren't falling in game two. And he'll either A, take over, or B, he'll start deferring to Anthony Davis, who should take care of whoever his matchup is, especially if he's running the five. Um, also, there are also some legitimate, legitimate concerns about this Lakers and the three-point shooting. They are currently the worst shooting team in the playoffs. They're shooting 33% from the field. And yesterday, I believe they shot 27% from the field. And you would like for them to find some answers there. Uh, shooting under 30% or shooting under 33%, definitely. If you're shooting under your average for the season, that won't get it done. But I think that shooting 33% honestly is good enough for this Lakers team because that means that they're shooting just well enough to complement how good Anthony Davis and LeBron James are going to play. They don't need to be a lights-out shooting team like the Jazz or the Heat. They just need to do enough to complement what Anthony Davis and LeBron do. So if they can get to their career – to not the not the career average, they can get to their season average by the end of each game. They're not shooting sub-30% from three. I think that will be enough for the Lakers to get it done. I think the Lakers will come back and be better for the rest of this series. So I will be taking the Lakers in a tough seven-game series. And that's all I've got for you. Uh, we've got a good slate of basketball today, man. Uh, I hope you all are locked in. Hope you all are ready. We got the Clippers game at eight. I'm ready. I'm ready to see what's going to happen. And Kawhi, we trust. Uh, I think Kawhi's going to get the job done. But that's all I got for you. Um, I hope you're having a great day. I'm done. I'm done wasting your time. Appreciate you for tuning in. Uh, and I'm out. Peace.